0: Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of his love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. Good morning, all those watching online. Can't wait to see your face. Great to be here, I was away for a few weeks, so uh, working on a new, new house and, and uh, glad to be back. I hope you're doing well. God is good. And we are just, uh, I know that it's still summer. Some didn't have their holidays yet, so we're still in summer. So we're talking about fall. Yeah, it's coming. But uh, as fall is coming, we are in need of um, more people uh, involved when it comes to all the different ministries. We need more ministers. Um, we we want to be an army. We, we, jo- we, we don't want to be just an audience. We want to be an army. And uh, as you look um, in the secular world, there's such a need of workers, right? And it's the same thing in the church. Uh, we need more people involved, and uh, I, I believe that all the potential is here um, through you guys, through us. And so we want you to consider to jump on board and to uh, become a minister. I, I believe that we are all priests, and uh, we, we we're called to serve the Lord. And one one of the way we serve. The Lord is by serving each other. I look at all the different ministries like like Grow, uh, Junior Youth, like Gloria was mentioning, youth, and, and there's so many different places that uh, we need your help so that we can properly minister to each other. So we invite you to consider that. We'll have more information as we start to fall. So feel free to, uh, to sign up and ask the Lord to, uh, to lead you in this because I believe that he wants you involved. Can you say that to your neighbor? We, we got to get involved. Can you do that? <laughs> awesome. So we'd ask you to stand. will place yourself before the Lord. Again, we thank you for your generosity. Uh, and I'd like to pray for the offering because it's really an act of worship. So I'll pray for the offering at the same time. Father God, we thank you so much for the privilege we have to be here. And we want to give you our first fruits. We want to honor you with, your, with our giving. We want to live a life of generosity. And uh, like in every aspect of life, we want you to be number one. Also in our finances, we pray that you would be number one. And so we, I pray, Father, that you would bless all the givers, that you would uh, um, encourage our hearts to be even more generous when it comes to uh, being uh, vessels that you flow through. And Father, as we go to your word, this morning, I pray that you would download what needs to be downloaded. You know exactly where we are. You know exactly what we need. And I just pray that you would bless each person here, that you would bless our visitors in a gracious way, that you would bless each person. So have your way and be glorified as we, uh, as we study your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So we were talking on the Psalms during the summer and so, but we're starting this new series for a few weeks at his feet. Um, what happened during the holidays, uh, we were, me and Schlin. we were quite involved in the house painting and doing some work in the house and uh, we listened to a lot of music as we do this and uh, I, I kind of went retro. I listened a lot to a lot of the music uh, of like 30, can I say 40 years ago, to say 40 I feel like so old, unreal. And so I listened to some Petra and, and, uh, and, uh, and some, um, like some Michael Card or Keith, Keith Green. I don't know if you're familiar with Keith Green, but I listened to a lot of Keith Green. But Michael Card really got my attention. What I like about Michael Card is that he sang songs of the gospel. For example, he would sing songs of the stories in the Bible. And as I was painting, he started to sing this song. Well, he was singing this song while I was listening to a song uh, that was focused on at his feet. And he was giving us the different scenarios of all the different characters or persons that went at Jesus' feet and how they left different than when they came and it really spoke to me have you ever done that where you listen to a song and you want to run over and repeat it you know so that's what i did repeat repeat and josue came into on the deck and we were talking about the song I so that song really uh, spoke to me so as I was processing this, what I did, I went to look at in the Gospels uh, different stories of where people were at Jesus' feet, and I was very, I was touched. I was touched. Touch, it really ministered to me. And so when I came back, I, I told Angie, "We're going to stop this series. We're going to do this for a few weeks. And in the fall, we'll be talking about the. We'll be studying the book of Nehemiah. We'll talk on a brick by brick because I believe that God is calling us to to build. And uh, we we know the season we just came out of. And I believe that we have this mandate band-aid of cooperating with the Lord when it comes to building his kingdom. So we'll be talking about that for the fall. I think it's going to be a great time. But what I'd like to talk about today, i like to talk about it for the next few weeks on being at his feet. I was convicted by this because uh, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor or you're an elder, uh, that you are uh, well-seasoned or you memorize a lot of verses. There's this need for us to be at his feet. And as we look at the fall heading our way or we're heading in the fall, one of the things we need to remember is that we need to understand that principle of being at his feet. So when you look in the Bible, there's many stories where people found themselves at Jesus', Jesus feet. One, one of the stories is uh, the story of, um, of the, this tax collector that was in the temple. And he was beating his chest and uh, he was on his knees and calling for God's mercy. And the Bible says that he came out of it or he came from that place uh, being heard by God and, and being justified by God. And another story that really got my attention when I was looking at different, different places where people were on their knees was the story of uh, the leper, the, the, the guy that was caught who had leprosy uh, and, and uh, was healed and 10 of them were healed and only one came back and this one came back and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and this is where he received forgiveness of sin. And that was a big big deal, right? To have a physical healing, that's cool. But to have eternal healing or to be forgiven of your sin is another big deal. And one of the stories I will talk about next week is a story of Jairus, or Jairus, the father that went to see Jesus because... His daughter was dying, and actually she died, and he came to plea for, uh, for his daughter, and the story is, is that she was healed. Jesus went to see that girl, and she says, oh, she's not dead, she's sleeping, but she was dead. But when he says he was sleeping, he was talking about the state of the soul. The soul never dies, right? So really, we, we, when we die, we only sleep, because we never die, because we were made eternally. But anyway, just to say that, she, she, he, was, uh, he went to see He went on his knees and and was ministered in in the way that his daughter was ministered. Or or this guy, or this father that had a demon-possessed boy, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet to see his son be delivered, and the story goes that his son was delivered. Or this lady that was a prostitute living in sin, and and she threw herself at Jesus' feet, and she was just caught with conviction and, and remorse, and she's washing Jesus' feet with her tears. And she was forgiven so much, right? Or Mary of Bethesda, where she prepares Jesus' burial when she washes Jesus' feet with her hair with perfume. And it says that her story would be, would be, told, would be told all over the world. And there's a fragrance that filled the air. But when we, you look at all these stories where people went at the feet of Jesus, something happened. Something happened. There's always something beautiful that happened. So it really triggered in my heart how, how am I living my life? Do I see that importance, this, this important importance of sitting at, at Jesus' feet? And, and there's some blessings and there's an outcome of that. And I'd like to focus on that this morning. What, what is a common denominator common denominator in these stories is humility. Like, there's something about humility, right? There's something about being real. There's something about being genuine. And, and, and we know that we're not interested in the show, right? The image, it's, it's not, we've seen enough of that. We, we know that, I, I look at the next generation, there's a need for genuineness, and But I, I believe it's a need that we should want in our lives to be genuine. And God responds to the genuineness. God doesn't respond to the fakeness or pretending or trying to keep, keep a show or an image. I don't think there's nothing good in that. But when there's genuineness, when there's humility... And uh, God responds to that. And, and you, this is the common denominator that you find in all these stories. They were humble enough to come at the feet of Jesus. Uh, if you were a religious leader or you were uh, 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 a Roman or whoever, the, and God is not a respecter of person, if you humble yourself and you go and you throw yourself at the feet of Jesus, something awesome is going is to happen. And I, be, I believe there's some of us, that's what we need to do. We're going through crises. There's some issues that we're dealing with, maybe relationally, maybe physically, whatever the domain. And sometimes we don't go at the feet of Jesus for whatever reason. And so we're called to embrace humility. And you find that in Psalm 138, verse 6. Though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble. He cares for the humble and he keeps his distance from the proud. In other words, he waits for the proud to become humble. He waits for the, for, for the person to have an humble heart. And sometimes it happens to us, right? We do stuff on our own. We do stuff on our own. and We say, where are you, God? Where are you, God? All this time, God is waiting for us to humble ourselves before him and ask his help. And then he shows up. James chapter 4, verse 6, famous verse of humility. And he gives grace generously, as the scripture says. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He says here that his grace is—it comes with—is uh, is generous, generous. Can you say that to your neighbor? Um, generously given, generously given. His grace is generously given. It's not holding back. is is to to the humble, to those that come before him, to those to the, those that are that are honest and sincere. It says that it will be given lavishly, and th- that's cool. I think that's so cool. And God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So grace is God's divine uh, undeserving favor where God blesses us where we come short. And so, so when I look at all these stories, it's phenomenal stories of people that came to his feet. I like to talk about one of the stories I didn't, didn't mention. It's the story of Mary and Martha. A familiar story that's used as I've heard a lot of sermons on it. And uh, I just want to give you a little scoop that really rocked me or really spoke to me. It's kind of funny. I was talking with John Friesen, one of our pastors here, a good friend of mine. And uh, and uh, we, I, I was talking to him about how we, we read the story. I think it was John. I'm not too sure now. But we, we, you read the story, and then I, I, I've preached for 30-some years. And, and there's sometimes, not sometimes, but all the time, when you go through a text, there's always something that God brings to the surface. It's pretty amazing, right? You, you read a text and you think you understand it, like Mary and Martha, I know the principle of it, but there's a word that really caught me and I'd like to share on that word, on this thought this morning. So take a look at Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It says, as Jesus and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village, Bethany, where a woman named Martha welcomed him in, into her home. Uh, her sister Mary sat at the, at the Lord's feet and listened to what he taught. But Mary was distracted by the big dinner she, had, she was preparing. And she came to Jesus and said, Lord, it doesn't, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Tell her to come to help me like it's not working. If, she, if you say it, if you tell her to come and help me, she will. And But she, I don't think she was expecting verse 41. It says, but the Lord said to her, my dear Martha. Like Martha was amazing. I've heard a lot of sermons or, or some messages on trying to justify Martha or to see that Martha was was a good gal. And she was. Like I would like to go to Martha's house. Would you like to go to Martha's house? Oh, yeah, man. You sit down and she prepares you. She decks, you know, the table and she prepares amazing food like good barbecue and you know, good steak, right? Yeah, we would like that. So, So the thing is, she, she has a heart. She's excited to have Jesus in, in her house. And, and she's the one that welcomes Jesus. And, and then she's spitting her wheels, preparing a meal to, to Jesus. And that's, that's pretty cool. So, so where, this is where Jesus says, dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these de- details. And verse 42 is, is, is the big verse. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will, it, it will not be taken away from her. So, like I said, Martha was an awesome woman, but she was missing on the fact that Jesus was there. And, um, And one of the things that you need to see here in verse 42, and that's the heart of what I want to share to you this morning, there's only one thing worth being concerned about. Only one thing. Worth being concerned about. That's what Jesus is saying. So if Jesus would be saying that right now, if he would be here, he would be on the stage and he would say, there's one thing that you should be concerned about. I think he would get our attention. Right? I think he would get our attention. And here it says that Mary discovered it. Can you say to your neighbor, I want to discover it too. I want to discover it too. One thing that she discovered, like Mary discovered it. Like before she didn't catch it, Eureka, now she sees it. She saw that the most important thing was to sit at the feet of Jesus. She understood that. And sometimes when it comes to living our lives or when it comes to following Jesus, we forget that the most important thing that we need to experience is to sit at Jesus' feet. Mary discovered it. Martha didn't. You see, Martha had good intention. Martha wanted to bless Jesus in her way. And people would say it's her love language, maybe. But she still missed out on the best. And that's what Jesus says, that it will not be taken away from from Mary. But one of the, the word, the key word for me that really grabbed my heart is discovered it. And sometimes, like I say, I said, we go through life and some of us, we know about Christianity, we understand Christianity, and we understand all the principles, but we haven't discovered the presence of the Lord. And when we don't discover the presence of the Lord, this is where we're not able to fulfill and and, and run the race that is marked for us because we're not connected with him. So we need to, to discover the most important thing that Jesus is talking about, it's to be at his feet. So what what Jesus was saying here is not that we're called to do nothing, but we are called to prioritize and to realize that our spiritual health is important. The thing is, when it comes to paying bills and you don't pay your bills, you'll have a letter and another letter. And if you don't pay your bill, let's say you're not paying Hydro, you might have a phone call. And they'll say in two weeks, if you don't pay your bill, we'll disconnect you. It's very evident about the needs and it's very evident uh, when it comes to the earthly things. But when it comes to the presence of God or the reality of sitting in His the seat, there's no one yelling at you. Right? But, but if it doesn't happen, it's going to be a disaster in your life. And I can say it. Frankly, it will be a disaster in your life. A few weeks ago, I got up early. had a ton of of things to do. Like, I've got to prepare because we had the guy that came to mud the house. and, And I had to work on my garage because my garage was a mess and he needed to clean the garage up. So I get up in the morning. Like, I didn't even have my tea. I just... Jumped in the garage and went, 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 went hard, 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 hard. And then I needed to go to Winkler to come and get some stuff, so I come to Winkler. I run, 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 run. I'm, it's around 2:30, and I'm getting dizzy. It's not because I didn't eat, because I'm, I'm very good to store food. My metabolism is very good to store. Anyway, that's another story, for another day that you will never hear. <laughs> so, so, but I, I I'm at. It's 2:30, and I uh, so I didn't drink. Wow, like, I wasn't even thirsty. But I realized I didn't drink until 2.30 from, I don't know, 7 to 2.30. And now I was getting a little dizzy. My body said, give me something to drink. You, you know what happened is that sometimes when it comes to our spiritual life, we're not thirsty until we start to drink. We're not hungry until we start to eat. It's like, for example, you don't come to church for a while, and you enter in the worship, you say, oh, it's so good. Why? Is because you were made for that, right? Or you, you, you don't read God's word and you start to look at the gospel, you start to read, ah, it's so good, it's so good. Your, your inner man is saying, I am starving, <laughs> give me something. And many times it's activated when we eat or when we drink. But like I was telling you about the story of, I, I, was, I was thirsty and I needed to drink, it was not optional. You know when it comes to my spiritual man, we treat that the last because we don't see it. It's not like the hydro bill or the hydro company that's calling you, calling you for, for you to pay your bill. But the, the thing that we see in this story is Mary discovered that she needed it. It was not about feelings, it was not about thirst. It was, I need to do it because if it doesn't happen in my life, I'm going to miss out on God. So I, I think it's so relevant for us today because we can do life without being at Jesus' feet, but there's going to be consequences of it. It's going to show in my marriage. It's going to show in my attitude. It's going to, be, it's going to show on how I see the world. Maybe we are so caught up sometimes we don't realize it, but we are if we, if, we, if we don't wait in God's presence, it's going to show in all that we do. We might be blind to it, but it's going to be a reality. It'll be a reality. And, and so, so my challenge for you is to discover what Mary discovered or to rediscover it. To discover the most important thing is to be at his feet. And, and when Jesus says to her that uh, her part will not be taken away, it's because there's some fruits in consequences of being in his presence. And it's so not always something that we see instantly, but there's some dividend and things that happen when we were at his feet. So I, when I was preparing this, and when I remember, like when I was listening to Michael Card and I was looking at his feet, I saw my need to be at his feet. And, 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 and you know what? God is not a respecter of person, like I said a while ago. doesn't matter if you're a pastor. It doesn't matter if you, if you memorize verse until you're, since, since you're five years old. We're all at the same level that if we're not at Jesus' feet, it's going to show. It's going to show in your life. Even though you can masquerade it very well. Even though you have the Christian words and you know when to say amen and praise the Lord. You still need to be in his presence. You need to be in his presence. I need to be at his feet all the time. It, it would be... Easy. It would be kind of cool, right, that I go at at his feet for a year, and then I go. I don't go for a year, and I can live off live out of what I've what I've experienced a year ago. But it doesn't go like that. I need him every day, and Jesus wants to be in your life every day. So every time in the Gospels, people went to his feet; they were touched. And Mary, when she sat at Jesus' feet, and she was not. Caught by occupation, preoccupied. But she discovered the presence of Jesus. I think it changed everything. And Martha needed to experience the same thing. Um, I look at, if I don't discover what Mary discovered, I won't hear from God. I won't hear from Him. You know, I will definitely hear less. I won't hear from Him. I won't get wisdom from above. No, I'll work according to my own knowledge and my own my own thoughts. I won't get healed in the inside. I'll become hard and anger will be how I will function by. But, but, but when, you, when you go in God's presence and you sit at his feet, God tenderizes your heart, gives you a new outlook. Needs to happen. And this is why you don't wait, like my dad used to say, Claude, because I remember running an old car when I was younger. He says, Claude, when your light of the engine comes on, it's too late. <laughs> Don't wait to come on. And sometimes that's how, that's how we function. We wait for our lights to come on and ah, and we gotta get right. It's, it's never too late with God. But the thought is, I need to discover that's my foundation. I need to mature in this. I need to grow in this, that to be at his feet is necessary if you wanna be a follower of Jesus, Okay? You wanna be a follower of Jesus? I know that you want to, but it's not gonna happen if you, don't, if you don't spend time at his feet. You have to spend time at his feet. What, what does that mean, Chloe? Well, there's no time. I can't say to you, you gotta have one hour. Connect with him. Connect with, connect with him in the morning. Connect with him in the evening. Connect with him when you mow your lawn. Connect with him when you drive. Connect with him when, when you take your shower. Get this, be in this constant relationship. There's two ways to connect. It's to take time with them, where he washes over you, but also when you connect with him consciously every moment of your day, being aware that he's with you and that he wants to speak to you and he wants to lead you and he wants to get involved in your life. So if I, if I don't discover what Mary discovered, I, I, I won't get healed up and I won't be empowered by the Holy Spirit. I'll do stuff on my own. Did you know that we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit? The the disciples were not able to do what they were called to to do without the Holy Spirit. So I need to be empowered by him and that is found at his feet. I won't have his heart. I won't get the the, the father's values. I'll move on. I, I won't care. I'll live my life only for myself. I won't see the needs that are around me. But when I stop and sit at his feet, Something happens. You know, people that do yoga, they they do it to find peace and to empty themselves. For us as Christians, we empty ourselves and we bring it to God and then we receive from God. See, it's totally different. It's, It's not just emptying yourself, oh, I feel good. No, it's receiving from him. This is where you receive his heart. This is where you receive his mandate. This is where you receive your strength and empowerment. So we need that. If we don't do that, we won't be able to fulfill our calling. I won't have a vision or direction because faith needs to be cultivated. And faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of Christ. But if I don't take time to hear what he has to say, then I have no faith. I don't have any faith. I won't have, if, if, I, don't, if, I, if I don't spend time at his feet, I won't live life with expectation. I will embrace criticism and negativity. I won't have inner joy and peace uh, because inner joy, listen to this, inner joy and peace is found in trust, right? If you trust, you have joy. If you trust, you have peace. So if, you don't, if you're not at the feet of Jesus, then you don't know him, then you can't trust him. Simple, right? So, so you want to grow in peace and joy? Sit at his feet, And then you will learn to know him and as you learn to know him and as you go to his word, what what happens, faith will arise. I won't grow spiritually because I won't even know what God is up to in my life. I will just be reacting to things in life not knowing that God has an agenda and he wants to change me in the inside. I'll live on empty with a constant inner fatigue and worry and fear will overtake me and you get tired and burnt out. Because you haven't been in his presence. You won't develop a spiritual immune system. And you won't have any resistance regarding temptation and discernment. When it comes to the lies of the enemy. I'll become a prey because I don't pray. My selfishness won't be addressed. There's going to be no check for my selfishness and self or the flesh. And I won't give him a place to intervene. I have not because I ask not. Wow. eh? So everything flows from what Mary Discovered, everything flow. Can you say that to your neighbor? Everything flow from that discovery. Everything flow from that discovery. Like I said, we're all in the same boat. We all need it. You know, um, we need it more than caffeine in the morning. More than your coffee. Ah, I need my coffee. You need it more than your coffee. The craving of the flesh. Is saying, give me coffee. Your addiction says caffeine, caffeine, caffeine. But your spiritual need, they never yell like that. That's why you need to experience what Mary encountered. She caught it. And I pray that I may catch it. And I pray that you will catch it too. That I will discover it. I'm almost done. Imagine for a moment, we would all discover that. Wouldn't it would be cool that I did my job this morning and I talk about discovering this and, and then you would, wow, have an eureka moment. Wow, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm living like Martha here. I'm running here and there and I'm trying to please Jesus and you got good intention, you got a good heart, but you haven't discovered your place at the feet of Jesus. You haven't lived like this where Jesus encounters you and fills you and empowers you or maybe you walked away from it and now you need to rediscover it because you're living on empty and life is not fun and you, Christianity is not exciting and, and you're not fulfilling your, your mandate and you're not seeing what he sees. Imagine if that would happen this morning. I would be amazing. Your family would be rocked. Your spiritual life would be balked, Your holiness and purity of life would be rocked. Your workplace would be rocked. You see? And I believe this is what God wants to do. He wants to rock me inside. But I need to discover that my priority, what I should be worried about is making sure that I'm I'm at his feet. And that's what Jesus said. The thing that you should be worried about, that's the thing you should be, the only thing you should be worried about is are you at Jesus' feet? Wow, eh? Because that will be the foundation of your life. Probably, I'm thinking about this on the the fly right now. If I had one message to preach, let's say, one message. For the unbeliever, I would say, you need to have Jesus repent. Absolutely. But for the believer, I would say, you got to discover what Mary discovered. Because if you don't have that, you have nothing. Even though you have the blah, 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 and the experience, and you look good, and all this, and you're pretty smart, you have nothing. You see? It's so essential. So necessary. And that's exactly what Jesus wanted to convey through this text to us today. And my prayer is that I would see it. I would abide in this. I would see it as a lifestyle. I would let that recalibrate my life and realize that's my need. That's what I need to experience. And it's not an event, it's not an emotional high, it's a way of life. Like I said, uh, I need to drink. It's not optional. I, you know, I, I don't feel like drinking for the next three days. Can't do that. I need to drink my inner man needs this presence and your inner man inner woman needs his presence so we can't do it without it so maybe you're here this morning and you're hearing me say this and you say I don't understand that language or what do you mean connecting with God or being at Jesus feet just want to let you know if you're here for the first time you came with a friend this beautiful story what I'm trying to say is that Jesus wants to be with you pretty pretty cool right God wants to be with you. But God is a gentleman. He doesn't force any, anything on no one. He wants you to open up. So if you if you look at your life and you realize it's not going anywhere, and you've got hurts inside, and you're broken inside, and you've got issues, well, welcome to the club. We all do. But grace is available where God can be real in your life. And the only thing you've got to do is to acknowledge your need of God. That means that you say, God, I... I've sinned, I've walked away from you, but hey, I am open myself up to you. That's you. We invite you, we invite you to, to go to the prayer room after, but I wanna let you know that if you open your heart to God with transparency and honesty, He's gonna move in your life. It doesn't matter where you're from and where you're at. Secondly, maybe you live your life, and Christianity was like Martha. You just do. Try to make Jesus happy. For sure, we're called to do but from the place of being at his feet, you see? And maybe what I'm sharing to you, its you heard that so many times, and you know the message, but right now you're not. Please come back. Please come back to his feet. Schedule your day. Schedule your life according to his will, and make sure that you have time to sit at his feet because everything will revolve from there. It's going to be pivotal. Like... I like to say i said that late, quite a little bit more in the last few years i've been in this journey long enough to know that it's the way to go because i've noticed in my life like i was telling you busy here busy there working on the house and then i started to see how how i'm it influences the way i do life and it doesn't matter if i preach a hundred sermons same level as you if i don't sit at jesus feet it shows So I need to come back to sitting at his feet. And my prayer is that you would see that need and we would all rediscover or discover what Mary discovered. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.